Welcome, everybody, to an episode of the Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here, as always, with my boy, Jordan. And, okay, so let's get this out of the way. Um, Yeah, we were off next week, and unfortunately, this week was probably the most busiest, hectic week of my life, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, So this week's, you know, I was thinking about canceling this week as well and just doing next week, but I just decided to cut this week short. So originally the plan was chapters six through 10. Um, we will only be covering chapters six through eight. Uh, I know that's not a lot, but you know, life happens and oh Absolutely. boy, did it happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> All so, at once type thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great, but hopefully that should be the end of it. And we should be able to hit our normal stride next week. Famous um, <laughs> so, anyways, chap- uh, so where we left off last time on Chapter 5 was Wax and Wayne are at the party, and then they realize that, oh, no, they're coming for us. Right. So that was the end of Chapter 5. Chapter 6, we get our patented, expected, Awesome Brandon Sanderson combat. Absolutely. Like, okay, so a little bit of a hot take time. Um, his combat is written really well. I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. Read combat these days. I don't know if I'm just gotten too old for it, or I just don't care because I know that there's not there with with Sanderson. You know he. Compared to like you know something like Song of Us and Fire, where no character is safe, right? Uh, I know that my guys are going to come out relatively unscathed, so I don't really pay attention too much. And when you have this whole chapter, this all combat, I my eyes start to glaze over at a certain point. I know, right? That, and like I get it, you know, he he does write it well. I'm not going to say it's bad or anything like that. It's not bad. It's great, in fact, but. Because I'm reading it, I'm just like, hey, just next, next. It's like, right, you know, you know, nothing bad's gonna happen. Which, right. yeah. so, so, I mean, I when I was listening, I listened to this, and I think I read this chapter, both of them. But, you know, I get super imaginative, imaginative, yes. Um, and this was a really cool scene for me to imagine, along with the fact that. They, I like the way that he did the, the balancing of the um, alimantic and ferrochemical powers. Yeah, yeah. I, li- I like how uh, he... I like this concept of twin board, <laughs> and I think you may be right in the sense that I do believe um, that uh, there are no more Mistborn. I don't I think, think so. Right. Um, so that is very shocking for me. Um, yeah, that was just yeah. very shocking for me. I, did, I was not, I did not see that coming. Yep. And, you know, I'm not really that mad about it because I think this is a better system because you get to see both systems acting in tandem. Agreed. Um, because it's like uh, Mistborn, I felt was they were very overpowered, <laughs> very overpowered. 
Right. So. This seems more realistically real, uh, however you want to explain it, but it seems more like it could kind of happen. Yeah, in the sense that, like, she became a god, right? When you become a very viable Mistborn, you're like a god. And yeah. don't get me wrong, that was cool. And if it comes up later in the series, I'm totally down for that. Bring it on. like Right. Um, but this being a smaller scale, right? We're not punching God in the face. This mm-hmm. being such a smaller scale, um, it also makes sense that the power levels of the... Ar- relevant right. characters are you know scaled down accordingly right. as well so, so is the plot the plot scaled down as well yeah yeah and i like it it feels mm-hmm. much more relatable almost is that f- i don't know if that's yeah. the right word but you know just you know it feels relatable i don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know how it's, to just, it's not as mystical as it was a and sure. b the way he writes his novels he he kind of shows us here that He's able to step away from that huge worldly view and focus on this not so big. But again, we're only reading the first book and yeah, yeah. You know, it it could just go crazy in the next two books. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I'm ready for all of it. So, anyways, uh chapter six, uh Wax and Wayne go ham on the uh intruders and they start fighting and uh he wax thinks that one of the guys is Miles. I'm guessing that that's one someone they've had a run with before, mm-hmm. or one of their own crew members, I guess. Um, so, anyways, Wayne gets hurt uh, in his speed bubble, but like you know, he collapses it immediately and like plays dead, and he uses his fair chemical powers to heal uh, the bullet wound. Um, that's Rossi's, crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> And I think he said he has enough for like two or three more. I was like, okay. Okay. Yikes. That's crazy. Um, so, yeah, Wayne does get hurt and he heals up. Marasi is taking hostage. Okay, how was it pronounced again? Is it Marasi? Uh, uh, the audiobook is Marasi. Marasi, okay. So Marasi yes, is taking hostage. Mm-hmm. But then she like fights back. With her, what's it called? Criminal justice degree. And yeah. Stuns his, <laughs> and stuns his, uh, sorry, sorry, stuns her captor with like headbutt and then like whack shoots him. Um, <laughs> no way. No freaking way. <laughs> so, uh, and then I love Marisi's uh, like argument, right? She's like, you know, statistically speaking, if you fight back, you're less likely to be taken captive. I'm like, hmm. Right. Can't argue she- with that logic. Uh, <laughs> She's giving us a little, like, I don't know, like, I get people's statistics all the time, so I kind of like how she did that. Like, yeah, it just yeah. seemed, like, relatable. I don't I don't trust her, though, in the sense of, like, I don't think she's a bad, like, bad guy, but I don't think that she's, um, how do I put this? I don't know how to put this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that she is telling the truth about her origins. Oh. Mm. She's probably holding, withholding some information. I mean, for sure. We only just first met her, though, so that's what. So, anyways, um, Mercy, she kills someone with a rifle. Apparently, she's a sharpshooter, so you know, constantly figuring out new things. Yeah, about her. Um, this is actually interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think she's one of the 
ladies in the I think she is that lady in the front like artwork for the book. Oh, is Wait, she? Um okay, I need to clarify graphic audio. Uh because I just realized uh that the base version has just what I'm assuming to be Wax and Wayne, but in the um graphic audio there's three, which I'm assuming is Wax, Wayne and Mercy. So Anyways, oh. later, the constables. Okay, I'm not calling them constables, by the way. I'm going to be calling them cops from here on out. Cops. Are <laughs> Come on. That's just too many syllables. Um, so the, uh, the cops show up, and they're very unhappy about, you know, basically them taking the law into their own hands. And he's just right. like, you know, it was, you know, it's not your job to be protecting these people. This isn't the Ross, blah, blah, blah. And then... I think one of the guys says, like, you know, oh, 20-some people were killed. And he's like, see, you got 20-some people killed. It's like, oh, well, actually, it's like (laughs) only one of them was a civilian death. And he was the ex, what was it, ex-police chief? Possible chief or something like that. Yeah, and he, like, you know, he started mouthing off to the... I mean, I kind of saw that coming. I I saw that coming. You know, so these guys were, like, very, very effective. Um. And that's the end of chapter six. Chapter seven. Well, the constable, uh, that actual constable was like, oh, my God. And he had to take one of his friends aside. And in the book, he was like, he actually killed that many. And I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, that's bad. That's badass. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of uh, the cops who had showed up. They were mm-hmm. like, whoa. That, and, you know, when you kill that many and there's not a single civilian death, that's. That's, that's pretty, pretty good. So chapter seven. Wax is trying to find the chemical makeup of the aluminum bullets. And he says, like, you know, when you like, we think that iron, you know, when it becomes an alloy, it's alloy is steel. Right. And when it becomes right. steel, it's it's no longer iron. It, it's a completely different thing. It's not right. like, oh, steel just happens to be part iron, part something else. No, no, no. It, it is steel. It's no longer iron, iron, uh, which makes sense in the sense mm-hmm. of the magic system, because, you know, if you had a misting who could only burn iron, uh, with that logic that you know steel is just happens to be iron and something else, if he swallowed steel, he would still be able to burn at least the iron part of that mixture. But I like how that doesn't work. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. So chapter seven, he, you know, it just starts with him wax trying to figure out the chemical makeup of the aluminum bullets. Right. Um. And he's trying to figure out what the other ingredient is within the alloy. Um, so Marasi tells him that Lord Harms is going to fund his daughter's rescue. Like, yep. Spare no expense. Um, this is like this is where they have like kind of a moment where you can kind of tell that there's some tension between them in a different way, I think. Between... Um, Wax and Mercy. Max and Mercy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I think that was like when they were talking, right? When Mercy and well, when we first find out that Mercy was a what's it called a criminal justice student. Yes. Um. So yeah. Um. And he thinks that the thieves were not pros because he his running theory is that someone wanted Elementers and. They didn't want to get their own hands dirty, so they hired a bunch of thieving crews and right. let them do it. And the thieving crews, that's why they were so interested in the money. 
it was because it's all about the money sent. yeah for right. them it's the money so for them it was a throw they uh you know wax earlier thought that it was like to throw off the scent but that's not the case right so anyways um yeah he says that uh Mer- Mer- genealogy is strange too um and this does this feels like a signal right here right like this feels like a red flag from saying mm-hmm. that Maracy's genealogy is a little bit strange um who do you think she is because he's saying that like her connection to um uh, lord Mistborn, good old spook there which i'm just gonna i'm gonna assume it's spook until i figure out otherwise that her connection to Lord Mistborn is uh, through a diluted family line, right? It's right. very direct. Right. Now we could go off the theory that he brings up a little, little bit later that, um, you know, they don't know exactly which one, how strong each bloodline is, just right. part of the bloodline. Because a theory that they can come to the conclusion with is that uh, they're getting a bunch of women so they can breed an actual Mistborn. And this is right. where we figure out that it does seem like that there are no Mistborn naturally. Right. That's, so. that's what I was, that's what I came to the understanding at that point that there probably wasn't any Mistborn. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, it kind of solidified it for me. Right, right. And I don't so know. Let's see. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Maracy's past is just... We don't know, you know, at this point, we don't know, you know, I wish I kind of would have kept like some family names because during this part, it would have been kind of cool to see like if she was related to one of those old families, maybe. What was, um, what was that one Mistborn girl that Finn killed in the first book? It'd be crazy if Maristy was the descendant of that person. Oh yeah, that would be nuts. What's that name? I forget. Uh oh my god! I, she gave me so much anxiety because she had a whole mean girl attitude. Yeah, what's her name? I forget. But anyways. Oh uh, yeah, that's, that's right. She was a blonde, wasn't she? I don't remember. I don't remember uh, any details. I know who you're talking about. Imagery either. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. So end of chapter. That was the end of chapter seven. So this is the middle point where we get like these newspaper clippings, and so I wrote down some notes on them and. There's one about a sea exploring voyage where a ship was taken by strange seafaring people. Okay. Um, what was that? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what that's about. Uh, I, ha- I I hope that becomes relevant um, in the future. That seems a little... I don't know, man. That That got me thinking. Yeah. So, and they claim that they use unknown metals, which... Okay, so does that mean we have more than 16 medals? If so, Seiza totally lied to us. Yeah, Seiza is totally, like, just laughing at us right now. Yeah. And then, of course, also, there was a report of a marsh sighting. Which, oh, that's, what? That's yes. Awesome. There's, like, Iron Eyes. There's, like, Iron Eyes. Yeah, marsh. Awesome. I miss Marsh, the old Marsh. Yeah. Well... But- Hopefully we get to run into him here, and I, I'd love to see uh, Wax and Wayne have a conversation with Marsh. Right. That'd be so and cool. that girl that you're talking about, her name was Shan? Ilario. Ilario, yep. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. 
There you go. Thank you. Yes. So chapter eight. This this chapter is hilarious. Um, Wayne pretends <laughs> to be a police captain. Oh, I and love he, like, this. He has this like comically like you know fake mustache on and everything. And this this is awesome. And he comes in. He's <laughs> talking to Captain Breton, and he's trying to get access to the person that they brought in um, that they had captured. And he negotiates him down to okay, I'll speak with the prisoner, and in exchange, I will not file the paperwork to have him transferred to our. I think it's called Octant. Yeah, Octant. Um. So. He agrees to it. He's like, okay, you can talk to him for a certain amount of time, and then, you know, get to go. Uh, we won't, you know, go to the prisoner exchange or whatnot. And so when he gets in, he starts talking to the prisoner, and he like whispers to him, telling him like, you know, I'm part of the gang. I'm just here to make sure you don't talk and whatnot. And he like tries to get information out of him, and he figure out that this guy named Clamps does all the recruiting. Right. And also figure out that one of the other guys' name, who's new on the job, his name is Cinder. And he's a New York recruit. And so he was whispering to him when he said some of the stuff, but then also started yelling out, like, you know, give me the name of your people. To make it look good. Yeah, to make it look real. Exactly. So then he goes on to question Cinder and the young guy. But this time, uh, Captain Breton says, you know, I'm leaving the door open and don't whisper this time. So as soon as he gets in, uh, whoa, Wax, no, sorry, Wayne... Yep. Um, he puts up a speed bubble, and he tells him like, "Don't make any sudden movements because that's gonna look like a blur. So just keep talking without like you know moving any yeah any mm -hmm. movements. Not, not even sudden. They just don't make any movements at all. And so while talking to him, using the information that he got from the first guy, he tricks the other guy, Cinder, into giving him the location of the hideout. Right. And and then he also, after that, he also kind of, like, comes clean, kind of, and tells him, like, you know, I'm not really part of the group. Right. But I think you clearly don't have the stomach for this kind of life. Just get out. Go be a mill worker in the roughs. You know, and, just run away. Yes. Just don't, don't, this is not your thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This ain't it, dude. So. Right. Yeah. This is, this is kind of cool. I, this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, that, I appreciate Wayne's character. Yeah. That, that was that that was awesome like i i loved um his quick thinking and his wittiness and to be honest i was pretty proud of myself that i like i picked up on in the in the sense that like i'm like oh okay well you know is he just going to like lie to this guy get as much information as he can and then go on to the next guy right and use the information that he gathered and i was pleased to see that i turned out to be right <laughs> um, yeah it's nice to see in the book that you would have also done the same thing. Yes, yes. I am smart is basically what I'm trying to get at, you know. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I know I know that was a super short episode, and I'm sorry that it had to turn out to be this way, but like I said, things happen, and we're going to plan next time to be doing chapters 9 through 12. Um, also... Jordan, I don't know if you saw, but the Wheel of Time trailer came out the day before yesterday. Wait, what? Shut your mouth. Yeah. Where at? Um, on YouTube, the trailer dropped. Oh my god, hold on. We can talk about this. This is fair game. Okay, you go ahead and watch it right now, and then... Oh, live action? Yeah, yeah. Whoa, man, I gotta yeah. turn my volume down. Nope. 
Holy smokes, man. This looks pretty good. Ooh, the magic. Okay, okay. Looks like I have to get Prime Video. You don't have Amazon Prime? No, I have a Roku Geobroken Fire Stick. I didn't say that. <laughs> but no, this 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 looks this looks awesome. Yeah, this looks really good. That's great. Just another show I have to fascinate about. That's awesome, though. That. Which means that I'll probably have to start reading it. So after we finish the Sanderson, maybe we. I guess this is taking me some Sanderson. But... Wow. Hey, lucky for me, I I started getting into the right time. Yep. Now you don't That's have to awesome. read the book. That's well, perfect. Hopefully. Well, I'll still so, read the book. <laughs> yeah. So thoughts. Give me your thoughts. So so far, are you talking about a wheel of time? Yes. Just based off the trailer, like how hyped are you? I mean, I don't know. I already saw some of the magic they were using, and they made it look fairly authentic. Yes. And I can tell that some of the fight scenes are going to be pretty gory. And I'm all about that nonsense. But it's another show put under the belt. Like, it's another fantasy show I can put under my belt saying that I've seen it, but then I'm going to have to read it. So mm. that's what I'm. that's what I'm thinking about right now is the fact that I'll be dropping some more change on another book series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. But I mean, I'm interested to see the story and how well, I mean, from what I what little I know, it looks like it looks so, like I'm going to have to get used to a different magic system. For those of you listening, I don't know if you guys know, but the Wheel of Time is a 14, 15 if you include the prequel novel series of one of the most expansive, deep, culturally rich fantasy series ever written. Um, it was There's... written by a guy named Robert Jordan. He died. And then Brandon Sanderson finished the final three books. Mm -hmm. I finished reading the books, I think, earlier this year, maybe end of last year. Um, I love the series, but at the same time, I hate the series. But... I am unbelievably excited for the TV show. Mm -hmm. uh, the trailer dropped two days ago. For those of you who have not seen it, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, and also, shameless plug time, I highly recommend checking out the bonus episode that we recorded a couple months ago. It was just me and Jordan talking about Wheel of Time. Um, and so, yeah, it's... Uh, also, this the show will be taking place... Oh, I think they're averaging two books per season. So if every if they do include the prequel novel, we could be looking at anywhere between seven to eight seasons of this, and I am oh so ready for that. Let's just pray they don't botch it up. Yeah. Oh my God! Please don't. Uh, please don't. I'm okay with adaptations. I'm okay with some changes that are need that need to be made because you know the the book isn't exactly the greatest paced series of all time. Mm -hmm. Um. So. That adaptation, I think, will need to be taken into consideration for sure. Um, but it does they for what it's worth, they did bring in Brandon Sanderson as a con, uh, as like as a consultant for the show. 
Uh, there is this one lady on Twitter who I follow. I think her name's like Nakamura or something like that. Her is her last name. She's uh, apparently a really big Wheel of Time fan. Reads a book, has read the series over several times, and I think to consult with her as well about like you know, okay, if you can take this out, how much can we take out, and what implications would that have on the story? Mm-hmm. Um. And if we do take it out, would we need to imp- uh, replace it with something else? Stuff like, like that. A, like a shortened version. Right, right. So it does seem like Rafe Judkins, who's a director of the series, is taking this very, very seriously. And I I really appreciate that a lot. Personally. Absolutely. So I just I would just hate to like me watch all eight seasons and then read all the novels. Or vice versa, however we however I decided to yeah, do it. Yeah. And then like them like totally screw up the show and I'd be like, Well, gosh darn it, I was so hyped and next thing you know they did me dirty. No, I understand. I know what you mean. And please don't please don't mess this up. Uh so anyways, um that'll be all from us for that episode. Uh like I said, next time we hope to be covering chapters nine through twelve. Hopefully yep. uh today's scenario doesn't happen again. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at pod underscore bookkeeper. Please uh, join our Discord. It's on the link on every episode. Uh, you can follow us on TikTok, which I will be covering, I think, not just fantasy, sci-fi, book, TV show, movie related, but I'm also going to be looking into, I think, some video game stuff too. So you can follow me on TikTok as well, Keepers of the Book, as always. So until next time, thank you, everyone. Yep. Yeah.